Good morning. I hope that you all slept well and had a good rest. And if you didn't, I hope that you can practice some equanimity. So last night I briefly mentioned the Satipatthana Sutta, the key discourse for insight practice that's usually translated as the four foundations of mindfulness or the four establishments of mindfulness. And all the different uh, types of meditation that are taught as insight practice come from this key text. So over the course of this retreat, we're going to be working through uh, doing a kind of tour. This is part of our journey, is a journey through these four foundations of mindfulness. And the Pali word that's usually translated as mindfulness is sati, Pali being the language that these teachings were originally transmitted in. And sometimes I do find it helpful to bring in the Pali words because often when they're translated into English, they lose some of their nuances, some of the subtleties of meaning. And especially these days when mindfulness has become so mainstream, it's such a buzzword, it does has lost a lot of its depth and a lot of its um, subtlety. So, I, you know, we can see things like uh, mindfulness being taught as a way to develop our stock market portfolio, and mindfulness as a way to uh, improve our tango dancing. I'm not kidding. I've seen whole courses, whole retreats that are. Um, mindful stock market investing and mindfully tangoing with the Buddha, sensuality registered trademark. So there's a bit of a divergence, I think, from the way sati mindfulness is offered in the Buddha's teachings and the way it's sometimes presented these days. So this word sati has connotations of remembering, But it's not about remembering the past, it's about remembering to be present, to be in the present moment. You could say to remembering has a sense of recollecting or recollecting. And often we do need to recollect our awareness because most of us, most of the time, are so scattered, distracted, not really present. So even right now, you might notice, where is your mind? How is your mind? Is there this quality of gatheredness, collectedness, remembering to be present? So in this sense, sati is about bringing the mind back from its habitual scatteredness or distractedness to a state of more gatheredness, collectedness or completeness. So some teachers talk about mindfulness as letting the object fill the mind so completely that there's no room for anything else. So for example, Ajahn Suchito, the English monk, he talks about mindfulness of breathing as letting, as letting the breath fill the mind. So whatever we're doing, letting that awareness fill the mind. So we're remembering to be fully present with whatever we're experiencing in the moment. 
to know what we're doing as we're doing it and to know that we know. And this knowing that we know is an aspect of mindfulness uh, that's known as clear comprehension. Again, the Pali term is sampajano, and in the texts we often find sati and sampajano together. Sati sampajano, mindful, mindfulness with clear comprehension. And this is what protects mindfulness and helps it be what we can think of as right mindfulness, so that we know what we're doing um, in a way that's appropriate. I'm guessing all of you have had the experience of being on retreat when at times people get into that very super refined, super slow mindfulness, sometimes in the lunch line. (laughs) Being in that situation of behind somebody who is excruciatingly, painfully knowing every moment of reaching for the food and serving themselves the food and putting it on their plate, completely oblivious to the line of people stretching out the door who are perhaps practicing knowing aversion. So mindfulness and clear comprehension makes sure that our mindfulness is in a broader context and knows knows what we're doing, knows what's appropriate. And in the bigger picture, knows that we're developing mindfulness in the service of wisdom. Mindfulness is not an end in itself. It's a support for clear seeing, for insight, for wisdom. So what does wisdom mean in this context? It's really about the wisdom to understand, to see clearly our habitual ways of reacting to our experience, reacting to our life. Seeing how we react in ways that cause stress, distress and suffering to ourselves and to others. And the wisdom to understand how we can change those habitual reactions so that we can then live with more ease, with more happiness, with more freedom. Perhaps for some of you that might sound like a lofty or even somewhat distant goal, but one of the aspects of the Buddha's teachings that I really appreciate is that it's a gradual path. It's a gradual training. And we can see this in the Satipatthana Sutta, how we start with quite simple things to pay attention to, the breath, the body. And then as our mindfulness gets more refined, we can start to pay attention to more transitory and intangible things, such as thoughts, emotions, moods, mind states. So as the capacity of our mindfulness um, strengthens and expands, eventually Nothing whatsoever is left out. We can bring mindfulness to every aspect of our experience. And at that stage, mindfulness becomes more the default setting of how we are in the world. It's our natural way of being. It's not something we have to keep um, effortfully cultivating. It just is a quality of the mind. 
So we start this training usually by working with the breath. Mindfulness of breathing is the first part of the first foundation of mindfulness. Why do we start with the breath? Well, partly because it's always available. Pretty obviously, if we're alive, we're breathing. So we have an opportunity to practice meditating anywhere, anytime, under any circumstances. So even right now, as you're sitting here, listening to me, you can have that awareness, just the breath in the background coming in, going out. And it's important that this awareness is relaxed, not forced. We're not trying to concentrate on the breath or fixate on the breath or try to make the breath be any way in particular. It doesn't matter whether it's rough or smooth or long or short or deep or shallow. We're simply knowing the breath exactly as it is. So it's that settling back and receiving, knowing the breath coming into the body, leaving the body. That's all. We bring awareness to the physical sensations of the breath wherever they're clearest for you. So as many of you know, different traditions put emphasis. Some say it has to be at the nostrils. Some say it has to be on the rise and fall of the abdomen. From my perspective, it doesn't matter where you pay attention to the breath, but that you do. So you can find for yourself where are the physical sensations of the breath clearest for me and just let the awareness rest there. And in the beginning with this mindfulness of breathing, I'm going to be emphasizing the calming aspect of it. Because most of us, as I said last night, come into retreat from insanely busy lives, a lot going on, where most of us are hyper-stimulated and underslept. So we often come in first few days of a retreat uh, dealing with a mix of agitation and exhaustion. Is that true? We find ourselves sliding from to... So we're going to try and find the middle way by emphasizing the breath in its calming capacity to begin with. And I want to just mention a caveat here that I'm going to be emphasizing bringing the awareness back to the breath each time the mind wanders. But this is not the only way that we use the breath. And once the mindfulness has become stable, you're going to be encouraged to open up your awareness to move to whatever's predominant. But in the beginning, we want to stabilize the awareness first. Because if we start by just letting the attention go to whatever's predominant, because we're already quite scattered, it's easy to get lost. So in these first few days, the instructions are going to be to just keep bringing the awareness back to the breath whenever you realize that you've become distracted. So we're cultivating this stability of mind. We sit down, we bring our awareness to the breath. Perhaps three nanoseconds later, we realize the mind's got distracted. 
that moment of recognition is crucial. It's a moment that we can celebrate. This is not what most people do, though. They sit down, they think they're supposed to be paying attention to the breath, their mind wanders, and then, oh, come back to the breath. Yank the attention back. Creates tension. Two seconds later, the mind wanders off again. We get frustrated again. We end up cultivating aversion. Rather than that, each time you recognize that you've got lost, with a smile, simply begin again. So one of my teachers, Joseph Goldstein, says that these three words, simply begin again, are crucial for mindfulness practice. doesn't matter whether you've been lost for three minutes or 30 minutes. The moment you recognize that you've got distracted, right there, simply begin again. It's completely natural and normal that the attention moves. And part of the insight in this moving is knowing we're not actually in control of our minds. We might like to think we are. But if we were, we could all come in, sit down, next 30 minutes, complete awareness of the breath. How many people have had that experience consistently for 30 minutes? Yeah. You've been able to stay focused on the breath without, without moving at all? That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So even that close to it, there's some, usually, if, we, if the attention is really refined, we notice subtle or not so subtle movements. Most of us don't have that capacity to stay consistent. Okay, well, I'm happy for you. Yes, yeah, well, let's see what happens this time. But really, the the point is that we would like to think that we're in control of the mind, but when we sit and pay attention, we start to realize how much we're not. So just to normalize this, not make it a problem, but when we recognize that we've got lost, simply begin again. Okay, so let's uh, begin to develop this quality of stability of mind together. <laughs> 